This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 453. That's how a lot of people start these positive change journeys. They start from places of shame, guilt, and fear. And so what we've done is we flipped the paradigm. We say start from joy, heal these emotional patterns of shame, guilt, and fear so that you can actually create lasting positive change in the world. You've heard it before. If you want to change, you have to try harder. Keep pushing through blood, sweat, and tears. Emotions don't matter. But what if that's all a lie? What if there's a better, healthier way to get life-changing results? Well, guess what? There is. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Hi, I'm Jeff Brown, and this is the Read to Lead podcast, the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth, where I believe that if you want to achieve true success in business and in life, it starts with intentional and consistent reading. So to that end, we bring a successful and inspiring author into the fold and we talk about his or her latest book and their unique insights on a number of different topics. My guest today is longtime friend Neil Samudre. He's co-author, along with his wife Carly, of the book Start From Joy, Trade Shame, Guilt, and Fear for Lasting Change, a Lighter Spirit, and a More Fulfilling Life. I'll be asking Neil to share about what it means exactly to start from joy, how the new book relates to he and his wife's overall mission, examples of some of the ways shame, guilt, and fear sabotage positive change and one's ability to lead a more fulfilling life, and lots more. Hey, coming up in January, I am leading cohort number four of Note Making Mastery. This is the course taught live where you finally get a handle on your notes, how to take better notes, how to find your notes when you need them, how to organize your notes, how to better create from your notes, tools and best practices. All of that is part of Note Making Mastery. And we're filling up January's cohort right now. I've got a special deal for you as a Read to Lead podcast listener. Registration is $6.97 normally. In fact, when you go to jeffbrown.me, that's what it's going to cost you. But when you register this week, the week of December 12th, 2022, and then message me inside the Read to Lead community, the secret phrase, and that secret phrase is Read to Lead, I will immediately refund you $200 of your registration, bringing it down to just $497. So sign up this week, jeffbrown.me, the cost to register for our next cohort, again, $697 but you get $200 refunded to you when you message me inside the Read to Lead community, the phrase, Read to Lead. That's the key. That's the tip. That's how I'll know you've heard the podcast and I need to give you back $200 off your registration. I hope you'll join us for our January cohort, cohort number four. Students who've participated in the three previous cohorts have had some pretty dramatic things to say about how note-making mastery has impacted their productivity and their output. You can see those at the website. Again, it's jeffbrown.me. We'd love to have you for January's cohort. And don't forget that phrase, message me once you sign up, read to lead to get $200 refunded off your registration. Again, just go to jeffbrown.me. Neil Samudre is the co-founder and CEO of EnjoyCo, an emotional health and wellness company designed to help individuals enjoy positive change. As a viral writer on joy, he's written articles that have been shared by over 5 million people 
And more than 500,000 people have completed his devotionals in the Bible app. I use that app every single morning. Um, His new book, co-written with his wife, that had to be a lot of fun, or maybe not. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, Carly is called uh, Start from Joy. Trade shame, guilt, and fear for lasting change, a lighter spirit, and a more fulfilling life. Neil, welcome to the Read to Lead podcast. I am so pumped to be here, Jeff. I have to tell you, before we get started, it has been a dream to be on the Read to Lead podcast. And I'm finally here talking about my book, Start from Joy. <laughs> you, you may or may not fit this description, but several friends who have teased me over the years that you know, I've had Jeff on my podcast, but if I want to be on his, I have to write a book. Uh, <laughs> so, truthfully, you're somebody who I've long wanted to have on my show for a whole host of reasons. And you writing a book made it, made it super simple. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you and your wife, Carly, earlier this year or maybe last year, you signed a two-book deal, didn't you? Yes, a two-book deal. And that's just mind-blowing for us because what that gave us was a lot of validation that this message that we have about emotional health Mm. is really tracking with people and there's a lot of potential for it. Not that long ago, you were working for, can I say who you used to work for? Absolutely. You were working for uh, one of my mentors uh, over the years, uh, virtual and otherwise, Mr. Michael Hyatt and Michael Hyatt and Company. As you mentioned, you were a copywriter uh, for several years for Michael and his organization. And when I learned you were leaving, I'm like, who leaves that job? (laughs) (laughs) I thought the same thing when I left. (laughs) What's he doing now? And I was really surprised that you were leaving and, and learning that you were stepping out to do your own thing. Let's kind of start with where the book starts. And, and tell us a bit about the company that you and, and Carly started and how it relates to, to the book and your overall mission. And, and sort of connected to that, what was the deciding factor for you to leave that, I'll call it a cushy job, to do this otherwise not so sure, scary thing? Well, it was a very scary decision because our baby, we have a son now, he was only like two months old when I left that job. And it was a great job. You know, I was director of marketing over there, growing the coaching side of their business. And I loved it. I loved the people I worked with. But this decision came out of a calling that I felt in my life. And it started back in February, 2020, before the pandemic happened. Mm. I had this idea and it felt like an epiphany. And I was like, Carly, we should start an emotional health and wellness company called Enjoyco. And my wife is a licensed therapist. I had been studying joy and positive psychology for several years. It's the thing that I geek out about. And Carly is a therapist and we would have dinnertime conversations where we just geek out over joy and how my findings and research on joy was being applied in the therapy room with Carly. Mm. And finally, I was like, we have to build a company and content around this and do therapy and corporate wellness all around our brand of emotional health and wellness. And so that's when we had the idea for Enjoyco. But when we were talking about it, we said, this is a 10-year vision, <laughs> you know, because I love my job. I'm doing great work. This is like down the road. Mm. But then COVID happened just weeks later. And that actually accelerated our vision for Enjoyco because we started saying, you know, people need this brand of therapy and emotional wellness in the world mm. right now. And that's when I had the idea for the book. I wrote a proposal, found an agent, shopped the book around. We got a book deal. And then that was the validation for, okay, Enjoyco's a thing. Mm. I should leave Michael Hyatt and Company, which is now full focus. 
again, that was a very scary decision. And I'll be honest. So I left with this idea that I'm just going to ride my author advance out. I was stoked and I was thinking that, okay, I'm going to start in Joyco, but I'm going to take some time to myself, just write out the advance a little bit. But then I left and the reality of having a new baby (laughs) at home just kind of sunk into me. I was like, Mm. oh man, like insurance, right? (laughs) And so I actually, I had a ton of people who were knocking on my door after I left Mm. and one company knocked on my door and I became their CMO for a season. Mm. So, and then we grew in Joyco kind of on the side while I was the CMO of this organization. And I did that for some time. And I actually just this summer left that job and now I'm full-time in Joyco. Wow. (laughs) That's the history. And and it had to have been, I mean, I, I know you're a humble guy, you know, I've known you for years, but I just think about the fair amount of courage and bravery with a two month old to leave that uh, and do it because you saw the need suddenly, you know, go through the roof with COVID and, and what was happening in, in the world. To take that step, knowing that you couldn't wait to help people, you needed to help them. Now, to me, that that says a lot about your character and and who who you and your wife are. And I'll say this: it hasn't been easy. You know, we're building an emotional health and wellness company. It's not like we're building some high ticket consulting, like we're, we're not chasing money with this is right. what I'm saying. <laughs> we knew it was going to be a long, slow grind, yeah. but I wanted to give it my full attention. So here we are today. Well, let me ask you a question. You, you answer right at the, at the outset of the book. What does it mean exactly to start from joy? For someone who hears that phrase and it's like, I, I don't understand that. How would you define it? Yes. So a lot of people, when they approach positive change, they believe that joy is on the other side of change. Like, first, I need to change my life in order to arrive at joy. You know, once I lose weight, once I get out of debt, once I land that promotion, then I will have joy. Then I'll reap the benefits. And we flip that around. We provide this paradigm shift and we say, no, when you start from joy, you create lasting change because a profound principle that we talk about a lot in our book is that you stick to the things you enjoy. So if you start from a place of joy, then the results that you create last. So start from joy is all about creating lasting positive change in our life and getting clear about our emotional health before we begin on these lasting positive change journeys. So a lot of people when they go about seeking positive change in their life, whether it's getting out of debt or finding a partner in life, they don't really consider the role their emotions play Mm. with all that. And so they're pursuing these positive change quests from a place of shame, from a place which says, I am a bad person. And so I need to change my life or a place of guilt. I've done wrong. I messed up here in this relationship. I need to fix things by doing X, Y, Z, or from a place of fear, if I don't make $20,000 in the next month, then we'll be in trouble, you know? And so that's how a lot of people start these positive change journeys. They start from places of shame, guilt, and fear. And so what we've done is we flipped the paradigm. We say, start from joy, heal these emotional patterns of shame, guilt, and fear so that you can 
actually create lasting positive change in the world. Mm. Can some of these otherwise negative emotions, fear, guilt, shame you mentioned, or, or anger, or sadness, or loneliness, can any of those ever be good for us? Absolutely. In fact, we have this whole section in the book where we talk about the gift of quote unquote negative emotions. Mm. Because there's a gift to these negative emotions, they're not really negative. <laughs> they, they just feel uncomfortable in the moment. But if yeah. we can lean into their wisdom and what they're trying to show us, what they're trying to signal to us about what we value, then we can leverage the gift of those emotions. So for instance, the gift of fear is wisdom. Mm. So if you saw a tiger right outside your front door and you feel fear, the wise action is to run. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the gift of fear is wisdom. The gift of guilt is repair mm. and seeking forgiveness. The gift of shame, which says, I am bad, is humility. Mm. It's saying, hey, I'm not a perfect human being. I mess up. These are all good things. Gift of anger is passion. Gift of sadness is healing mm. and gift of loneliness connection. There's a good gift behind these emotions. But the problem is, I'll say this, when we go about positive change from an emotionally unhealthy place, a lot of us struggle with the toxic application of these emotions. Right. The toxic application of fear leads to worry and anxiety. The toxic application of guilt paralyzes you. You remain stuck there. It becomes like a sinking black hole. The toxic application of shame, you can either puff up in defense, say, no, I'm not a bad person, or you could shrink and say, I'm just a worthless human being. And so what the toxic application of fear, guilt, and shame do is that they close the door on positive change. They say, you are beyond repair. You cannot seek positive change. Whereas the healthy application of shame, guilt, fear, and these negative emotions, they keep the door open. Mm. Like for instance, shame, the gift of it is humility. It's saying, I am not a perfect person. I am a human with limitations. And in this humility, I am going to seek out doing the best that I can do today, right? It has a healthy acknowledgement of your limitations and what you could do in the world. But that's the healthy side of shame. A lot of people have the toxic application of fear, guilt, and shame and these other emotions. Is that what you mean when you use the phrase toxic positivity or is that something else? Is, is it, when you say toxic positivity, is this what you're talking about? That is something else. And okay. actually, if, if you want to talk about that right now, sure, that's one of the biggest reasons why we have an unhealthy relationship with our emotions and why we push away negative emotions. So toxic positivity is the lie that only positive emotions are worth feeling ah. and that negative emotions are worth nothing. You just have to avoid them at all costs. But if we hold on to that lie, what happens is that then we don't lean into the gift of negative emotions, God. right? We'll do anything it takes to escape those emotions. And this is actually what sabotages positive change for us. Mm. Now, you've, you've mentioned the gifts of, of some of these, what are seemingly negative emotions. Let's talk about the, the, some of the gifts of joy. You write about four in particular. Yes. 
when we were first coming up with this concept of start from joy, we asked ourselves this question, why is joy the best starting point for change? Why does that lead to lasting positive change? Why isn't another emotion like peace or love? Why does it start from joy? And as I did the study and geeked out over these positive psychologists, I found four gifts of joy. When you live a joyful life, when you have joy baked into your being, four gifts come out of it. It's resilience, contentment, trust, and play. And it's actually these four gifts that allow us to create lasting positive change in our lives. So real quick, resilience allows us to withstand the pain of negative emotions. Mm. Brene Brown talks about joy as being the most vulnerable emotion because in order to experience joy and the heights of joy, you have to open yourself up to the potential of losing Mm. joy, you know? And so when we talk about the resilience of joy, in order to feel joy, you have to open yourself up to feeling all negative emotions, Mm. fear, guilt, shame, anger, sadness, loneliness. We have to open ourselves up to the willingness to experience all those emotions. But as we do that, we become more resilient to them. Mm. So then we can withstand the pain of positive change because positive change will inevitably include negative emotions. (laughs) And so resilience is one. Contentment detaches us from the outcome of whatever happens. You know, we define joy in the book as the internal gladness inspired by purpose, hope, and delight. Mm. And really purpose hope, and delight. These are three key ingredients to joy. But with contentment, you detach from the outcome. You're saying that your hope is not in achieving this result. Mm. If you have contentment, if your happiness and joy is detached from the outcome, then you don't need to have results happen in order to feel joy. Mm. Trust, when we were talking about joy, we said it was the internal gladness meaning it's this internal feeling. It's not just happiness, which is based on external circumstances. It's the alignment you feel with your values, your purpose. It's that internal knowing. And so with trust, trust is a gift of joy because joyful people know how to tap into their intuition and their values. And what we see a lot in our world of self-improvement and Mm self-help is that we will rather believe what the gurus say. We would rather believe the 10-step program and uh, this author (laughs) than our own intuition. And so as we leverage the joy that comes from living in alignment with our values, we increase trust with ourselves, which is what we need to stick to lasting positive change. And then finally, play. Obviously, play is a gift of joy, letting loose, having fun. And like I said before, we stick to the things we enjoy. Mm. So if we can find play and enjoyment and whatever we're trying to change, then we create lasting results because we're more likely to stick to it. Resilience, contentment, trust, and play. Now, we haven't really talked about these by name, but I want to mention that uh, Neil and Carly unpack seven principles throughout the uh, first part of the book, which is called The Start From Joy Life. And uh, those principles are in the motivation of shame, guilt, and fear. Be curious with your emotions. Interrupt your loops. Challenge false 
scripts, at least that's the tentative title. My, my version says challenge false scripts, chapter title. <laughs> so that one's undecided. <laughs> apparently uh, call out the judge and f- uh, find your joyful purpose and then make it fun. You talked about play a moment ago. And then the second half of the book empowered for joy, where they talk about, enjoy your health, enjoy your money, enjoy your work, enjoy your relationships. As I looked through those seven principles, I realized instantly, even though the chapter title maybe is tentative right now, uh, the content is not. And it gets into this idea or this, this, this topic of, of mindset, this, this false scripts uh, label that, that you've given it. What's an example of a false script and, and how do they tend to, to sabotage us? Well, first off, that is not a tentative title. That okay. is the title of of the chapter. Uh, <laughs> as a core principle that we talk about a lot in Enjoyco. So false scripts are the narratives you believe about where you'll find happiness and joy. And everyone has false scripts. It could be something like, once I get out of debt, then I'll be happy. Once I find the partner, I'll be happy. Once I get that promotion, I'll be happy. Once I make a certain amount, I'll be happy. It's basically the formula you have in your brain for where you'll find joy and success. Mm. But here's the problem with false scripts. It delays joy and happiness into the future. And so as we talk about this idea of starting from joy, it's inherently uh, opposed to it. Because you can't start from joy. You can't find joy today at the beginning of your positive change journey because of these false scripts, these narratives you have. It sabotages us because then what happens is we start comparing ourselves to these standards. We start saying, I cannot be happy now because I have this weight on my body. I can't be happy with my body or I can't be happy now because I have this much in debt. I can't be happy now because I'm not making this certain amount. And so the work that we do in our book is we empower people with the skill set and the tools to challenge these false narratives. Mm. These false scripts, they're false. (laughs) (laughs) Shocker. They're not true. (laughs) And a lot of these scripts are taken from our stories, from our upbringing, from our parenting, from the culture. These false scripts are just scripts. And so we need to build this internal toolkit for challenging those false scripts so that we can find joy today. Because when you hold on to these false scripts, that's what inspires shame, guilt, and fear. You start measuring yourself in that gap between the standard that you want for your life, that false script and where you are now. And then you can only walk away with a few emotions. You can either walk away with, well, I'm a terrible person because I don't have this Mm. or guilt. I've messed up in my life. I've taken so many backward steps. So I don't have this or fear. Oh my gosh. If I don't get this, something bad is going to (laughs) happen. And so that's how false scripts add these uh, toxic sabotaging uh, emotions into our journey for positive change. Mm. I want to give you a chance before I move on to some questions uh, not directly related to the book to fill us in on anything else about the book you want us to know. We really didn't get into part two, Empowered for Joy, all that much. Anything there you want to make sure we know or any, anywhere else from the book that we didn't touch on? Let me share this. This book is so important for the world we live in because mm. when Carly and I came up with the idea of Enjoyco and this book, 
we have this vision for the world and that we wanted to empower the world to be more trauma informed Mm. and trauma informed really means instead of saying what's wrong with me, you ask what happened to me. Mm. And the reason why COVID-19 accelerated this vision for Enjoyco in the book is because when people were carrying the emotional load of a global pandemic, you know what we saw? We saw a whole lot of shame, guilt, and fear. Mm. People, a lot of people were saying, well, why can't I do this? Why am I burning out of my job? Like, what's wrong with me? I can't achieve this goal. And a lot of people are being hard on themselves. If you're hard on yourself, you only make positive change harder. We wanted to build a more trauma-informed world where people consider their emotional health before they beat themselves up. Mm. People consider their emotional health before they try to live out their calling in their life. They consider, okay, where did I get this false script from? And how is it sabotaging me today? We have these emotional patterns just baked into us. And so the book and Enjoyco, we help people break emotional patterns so they can enjoy their life again. That's our formula for joy. And that's just what I want to say about the book is that Mm. if you are doing something important in your life, whether it's with your work, whether it's in your marriage, if you're doing something important, if you have people who look up to you, who depend on you, it is your responsibility to care for your emotional health, to be the emotionally healthy leader and person that other people need you to be. Because when you do that, you send ripple effects out into the world. This is how we build a more trauma-informed world. This is how we build a healthier, more joyful world. And so I just wanted to say that. Mm. You know, something I, I intended to ask you earlier and, and skip past it. I want to come back to it now really quickly. Uh, this might be getting a little bit vulnerable, but I'd be curious to know maybe some of the ways that, that you and Carly complement one another in this endeavor that you've embarked on. Absolutely. So Carly is the licensed therapist. You know, she's a, if anyone knows about the Enneagram, she is a Enneagram two, which is the helper. She is all people focused. Mm. She has a heart of gold and she's super wise. And then I am the Enneagram three, the achiever. I love goal setting. (laughs) You know, I make goals for my goals. (laughs) I was the Michael Hyatt person. (laughs) You know, I mean, I still am today. Like, I love Michael Hyatt and all of his work. Full focus planner can't boast about that enough. Mm. But I am that person who is in the personal development world who has set aside my emotions in pursuit for positive change. Mm. Like, I did not start from an emotionally healthy place. I tell a lot of my personal story in the book about Mm -hmm. how I really ran my first business into the ground because I didn't have this healthy relationship with my emotions. Mm -hmm. And so I bring that perspective. And then Carly brings the licensed therapy perspective. And we really complement each other well, because if you look at other people in the emotional health space, a lot of other thought leaders and stuff, they don't have the therapy expertise. They haven't worked with people to help them Mm -hmm. break down trauma. And they they only have their personal experience, kind of like me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I bring kind of the the coaching side of Enjoyco and Carly brings the therapy side of Enjoyco. And together we create 
fun and enjoyable emotional health. I love it. You know, you mentioned personal and professional development. I, I know you're a, an avid and voracious reader. So this may be a tough question to answer. Uh, if you want to narrow it to the last year or two to make it easier, that's fine. But I uh, would be curious to know, what are the books that you find yourself recommending because they were so impactful to you? Oh, man. This is hard because there are so many. <laughs> um, Essentialism mm. by Greg McKeown. Yeah. I think that was huge for me. It helped me clarify a lot in my life, get down to what was most important for me. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. That really helped me slow my life down because I like to move at the pace of achievement, which is always (laughs) fast paced. I needed that slowing down that the gifts of quiet. Speaking of quiet, (laughs) I loved Susan Cain's book. I consider myself an introvert, even though I don't come across as an introvert. I really get my energy from just being alone with my ideas. Mm. And that really helped me reframe that mm-hmm. um, introvertedness. In terms of like building a business, you know, I read Platform from Michael Hyatt right when it came out, and that was game changer for me. Also, $100 startup. Chris Gilbo. When that came out, that really inspired me to take action on this dream I had. Those two books were really what got me started on my entrepreneurial journey. Wow. I've, I've, I've read uh, every single book you rattled off except the quiet one. So I've got I've to check into that one. I just listened. It's a to- classic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just listened to John's book, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, for the first time uh, on a plane here recently. I had, I had the book on Audible for months and had not gotten around to listening to it, but fantastic and, and love all the other books you mentioned as well. So I got I to gotta pick up Quiet. That's the one I'm missing, apparently. <laughs> well, uh, Neil and Cartley's book, again, is called Start from Joy, Trade Shame, Guilt, and Fear for Lasting Change, a Lighter Spirit, and a More Fulfilling Life. Uh, Neil, this has been a real treat. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, I knew Neil was going to have a hard time narrowing it down to just one or two books. We got five out of him total. I'll link to each of those five and the other resources and links we talked about today at the show notes page for this episode. That, as always, is at readtoleadpodcast.com slash, this time it's 453, readtoleadpodcast.com slash 453 for episode 453. Remember, as a Read to Lead listener, there's a special incentive for you to sign up for Note Making Mastery, the January cohort coming in just a few weeks. Find out all the details at jeffbrown.me. And remember, when you register, you'll get $200 back, $200 in a refund off your registration when you message me the phrase Read to Lead. This will be cohort number four. The first three have been incredibly well-received. Would love to see you in the next one. Again, the website to go to jeffbrown.me. And remember to message me, read to lead, to get $200 back from your registration. This podcast now going on nine and a half years old. The first few years, occasionally I would miss a Tuesday here and there. Not proud of that, but it wasn't perfect. But I got really serious in late 2017 about not missing Tuesdays any longer. And I'm excited and a little bit proud to tell you that this week marks five years without a miss. Five consecutive years of never missing a Tuesday. You can't see me right now, but I'm giving myself a little bit of a pat on the back. 
But seriously, though, thank you for being here for these last several years, whether that's five years, nine years, or five months. I so appreciate you coming back to listen again and again. That does it for this week. Hope to see you next time. Until then, remember, leaders read and readers lead.